0: Hi, I'm Dan. Uh, I'm going to speak on the prophetic. Uh, I'm going to take it very basic and talk about how we hear from God. And then I'm going to talk a bit more about how we uh, advance that gift and how you grow in that gift. Um, So for me, I have been hearing God since I was about 18. Um, I was very fortunate to grow up in a church where uh, the prophetic was occasionally practiced, uh, which meant that I got used to it. I was aware that people heard from God. Um, I hadn't, but I I saw other people deliver words like we've had tonight, and I saw people impacted by them. Um, I'd had words given to me, and that had meant a lot to me. So I was aware that it existed and aware that people could hear from God, and that that was great. But I hadn't really had that experience myself. Um, Occasionally at church, I'd I'd get a picture, and I'd I'd share it, and people were encouraged by it. So I knew that God could speak to me, but he wasn't doing it particularly often. Um, But it was nice when he did. Um, when I was 18, I uh, did like a gap year, and I worked for my church for a year. And oh, sorry. is that better? Okay. Uh, so I did a gap year when I was 18, and I worked for my church. And uh, during that year, there was a lady who worked a few shops down called Ronnie Moon, and I would go in there every Thursday lunchtime, and she would always tell me stories of what God was saying to her. And she'd say, God's told me this this week, and I gave this word this person a person, and and this happened. And I loved hearing those stories. I was really fixed on, on those words and what God was doing. And I left really encouraged but also frustrated as well because I was thinking, I don't have any stories. Like, I have nothing at all. And every week, without fail, there would be a story or a word. And I was thinking, this this lady hears from God, but I, I don't. And that was, it almost gave me like a, a kind of holy jealousy of, I want what that person has. Um, and so I knew that God sometimes spoke to me, and I thought, well, maybe if I can practice this, it will, it will grow. So, um, so I did that. So when I was 18, I went away for two weeks uh, with my family for, for, for some holidays, and I, I made a list of, I think, about 18 to 20 close friends. And I said to God, I'm going to keep praying for all these people on the list until I have a word for every single person. And I think after those two weeks, I'd, I'd written down words that I thought, I don't know if this is from God, but I'm going to take a risk and write this Write it down, I'm going to give it to these people. Um, so I did that and I, I shared the words and I got positive feedback. People said, that's spot on, that's really encouraging, that means something to me. And I thought, okay, maybe maybe God speaks to me, this is this is encouraging, like this is more than I was getting before and I, I'm going to kind of carry on doing So I'm going to carry on asking God. Um, so I did that and, and I'm going to take it really basic in terms of what I'm thinking, what I'm, what's going through my head, how I hear from God. Um, so I would literally close my eyes and I'd say, God, speak to me about this person. And then I'd get uh, like metaphorical images going through my head. I'm sure this is really basic. I'm sure you hear from God in more complex ways, but that's how I started. I'd literally close my eyes and I'd see pictures forming in my head. So I'd see like a picture of a car and I'd, th- I'd, I'd tr- uh, get an interpretation that god wants this, God's got gonna got traveling for this person. Or I'd see a picture of a crown and God would say, this person's got authority. So I'd literally close my eyes, a picture would form, and I'd kind of vaguely know what that meant, and then I'd write it down and say, I just feel God's saying this and this to you, and this is what I feel like it means, and I'd give the person that that word. Um, And then I went away to university, and um, so I'd, I'd done my list of about 18 to 20 people, and given each person a word, and that was great. But I had this idea that if I prayed for them again, God probably wasn't going to talk to me again about this person because he, he shared his heart for them, and he's thinking about other things, and and that's great. And um, so I I started praying for the, the friends I'd made at university, and there was one friend, and I prayed for them, and every single day I got a different picture, and I was thinking, oh no, look, like God's not got this this many thoughts. And I read this verse that said uh, in Psalm 139, uh, 17 to 18. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grain of sands. Um, and I realized that God was maybe not as distant as I thought he was. That he was a lot more present and that he had continual thoughts about people. So I thought if I prayed for someone, i get one word. And if I prayed for them again next month, maybe God would give me another idea or a thought about them. was actually, I was getting words for people, that, uh, a word every single day for the same person. And that blew my mind that God could keep speaking. Because I often have this idea, sometimes when you see friends, you're like, I'm going to run out of stuff to talk about. I'm not going to have anything. But God's not like that. He's got so many thoughts about people. And he loves people in so many different ways. So even if it's a similar message about how God feels about someone, the word was different every single time. Um, and and the words that I got weren't necessarily particularly long words. A few years later, I was at uh, HDB and I was up in one of the balconies like this. And I was stood up there and I said to God, Um, is there there anything that you want to say to anyone here? Um, And there was a girl opposite me in the balcony, and I got a picture of her holding a bouquet of flowers, and I felt God say, you need to go and tell her that I love her. And I was thinking, I'm not going to do that, because we're at church, and she's a Christian, and she knows that you love her, and you're going to look silly, and I'm going to look silly. So if you could tell me how many brothers she has, or something really specific, I'll go and do that. And then I asked God for another word, and I got nothing. And generally, if I ask God for a word and I get nothing, it's because he's given me a word already, and he wants me to go and share what I've I've got. Um, So I went up to her and said, this is going to sound a bit stupid, but God's given me a picture. Sometimes hear from God. I just felt like he loves you. And then she burst out crying. And she said, I've just come to church, and I was about to give up on God. And I said to God, if you're real, you need to tell me that you love me. And again, that blew me away um, so one thing I was going to say with the prophetic is you'll often get a word and you won't realise how significant it is until you've given that person the word. And so I've been hearing from God for maybe 15-ish years-ish and I, I never know how significant a word is until I've actually given it. And that's so one of the things I'm really going to focus on is risk. And I feel like with the prophetic there's always a risk. Like when you share it, you're going to be maybe 90% at best thinking it's from God, you're going to have this 10% doubt in your head that maybe it's just me, but you're not going to be sure until you actually give that person the word, and you're not going to know how significant that word is until you've given it, and there's been other times where I'm like, I've got an amazing word, this is going to change their lives, and you give it, and it either means nothing to that person, or it's just not significant at all. And often the words I've had that are most significant have sometimes been the shortest words. So I think often here we encourage people to to, to challenge themselves to to hear more from God and to say, is there anything else? But also there's something very beautiful in the short word. And that word I had about that God loves you is probably one of the simplest words I've got given. But again, it's one that really stands out for me as has been a very significant thing. Um, yeah. Um, But at the same time, I would encourage you that God's always got things to say. So often when I give someone a picture or a word, I'll then pause and say, God, is there anything else? What else have you got to say? And sometimes he'll give you... Some people get the whole word in one go, and other people, they get a bit. And when you shared what you've given, he then gives you more. So that's often what I get when I go to prophesy over someone. Um, often I have nothing at all, and I go up to someone and I'm thinking I've got nothing for this person. So often when we do, when we get up into groups, we have lines, and there's someone in front of me. I'm often thinking, God, you you, you can often see the line forming, and I'm looking down and I'm thinking I haven't got a single word for any of these people. And I think with a the prophetic, there's a risk, and I think it is saying to God, like, would you want to say to this person, I've got nothing, and then just going for it and stepping out. um, yeah, so in terms of uh, one of the main things I'd say in terms of prophetic is learning is that you need to learn what God sounds like to you. So everyone will have different personalities and God will sound slightly like different. I'll come on in a second to talk about how the ways that God speaks to me and you might find that they're very similar. Um, but I'd say one of the main things is recognising how God speaks to you and really tuning into that. Um, one of the big rules we have for the prophetic um, comes from 1 Corinthians 13, 3-4, which says, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Uh, anyone who speaks in tongues edifies himself, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. So whenever we prophesy, the main rule is it's got to be strengthening, it's got to be encouraging, and it's got to be comforting. If it's not one of those three things, it's probably not God, and you're probably going off somewhere so if you've got a word and it, it's got an edge to it or it sounds a bit nasty that's probably not God and it's best not to share it so my rule is when I have a word is this person going to feel built up by it is they going to are they going to feel loved by it um so um one of the, the best descriptions I've heard of the prophetic is that God's voice in your heart will most often sound like a spontaneous flow of thoughts um So, the way I've learned to prophesy is that someone gave me these kind of four pointers, which I'm just going to go through, and I hope that they vaguely summarize it. Um, So, the the way that that I was taught to hear from God was first to quiet yourself down and to be still. Um, And that's almost just taking a a second out and and just saying to God, would you speak to me? The second one is fixing your eyes on Jesus. So, you quiet yourself down and you say, Jesus, would you speak to me about this person in front of me? You then tune into spontaneous thoughts that come to you. And then you take a risk and share what you have with the person. In terms of tuning into spontaneous thought, I think this is often where people second guess themselves and start doubting. So often, when, so tuning in into spontaneous thought for me would be closing my eyes and seeing the pictures that form in my head. And often you'll have pictures, and you'll see, a, say, I, for example, the other examples I gave were a, a car or a crown. Often I'll see that and I'll think that's just me, and then I'll ignore it and I'll wait and I'll get nothing else. or I'll get other pictures, and actually that picture I got in the first place was from God, but I'm expecting a a loud voice, I'm expecting something more intricate, was actually God's given me a thought already. Um, So I often think of it in terms of a a phone call or a text. If I phone my dad, I expect my dad to pick up. If, If the phone goes off the hook, I expect it to be his voice that I hear. And if I ask God to speak to me, I expect if thoughts come in my head that they're going to be from God. And often they don't necessarily feel particularly holy or they haven't necessarily got a particular feel to them. But if I say, God, speak to me, and I get a thought, then I I automatically assume that that's from God. Um, So for me, sometimes I will say, God, speak to me about this person, and then I will get lyrics of a song, and I think, that's just stuck in my head but there's something about those lyrics that God wants to speak to for that person and often there'll be a song that we've just sung but there'll be something particularly about those words that God will want to use Um, other times he will remind me of someone and I think often when you often one of the issues that we have when we ask God to speak to us is he speaks to us but we think it's us or we think that we're being somehow distracted or we're getting distracted by our own thoughts was actually it's God speaking to us so um yeah, so that's how I often hear from God. So often I close my eyes and I see pictures and I and I believe that God's speaking to me and then I tell the person the picture I've seen and, and what it means. Um, I've also heard learned to hear God in different ways. So you'll probably find that God speaks to you mainly in one way at the moment, but that way can change and grow. So actually now when I prophesy, I probably never ever close my eyes and ask and get a picture. That's probably how I learned to start, but I feel like the way that God speaks to you evolves and changes Um so for me, the first way I started was closing my eyes, and i get these pictures. Um, and then um, God started speaking to me when I had my eyes open. So I, I would often look at someone, and I'd see uh, in my mind's eye almost like a movie strip behind their head. And sometimes I'd see words, so I'd see the word like love or hope or justice or, or sometimes descriptions about what they did or their character. Um, so that's often one way God speaks to people, one way that God might speak to you. Um, so, um, or I'll look at someone and there'll be something that they're wearing that really stands out and he'll really draw my attention to that thing. And then it almost reminds me of something else and that's what God's speaking about. Um, another thing I often get is um, pains in my body. So I'll often um, be talking and someone will walk past and I'll get a pain in my body that wasn't my pain, if that makes sense. Um, so I had that in New York a a few years ago, where I was in a cafe having breakfast, and the waitress walks past, and suddenly my left wrist started hurting, and I didn't have any pain in my left wrist, so I automatically assumed God's trying to say something to me. Um, and then when the waitress came to the table, I said, "Have you got pain in your left wrist?" And she said, "Yes," and she had carpal tunnel syndrome. Um, so we we prayed, and I didn't necessarily feel God's presence, neither did she, and she couldn't tell whether anything had happened. And we we happened to come into the same restaurant four days later, and. Uh, she, uh, I think carpal tunnel syndrome is one of those things where you you feel it at the end of the day and you have to do quite a lot of strenuous work so when it had been four days and she had had no pain at all since she'd done a lot of typing a lot of washing up and had no pain and had been completely healed which was amazing but for me that's one of the main ways I hear from God is often in prayer meetings at church when they say is, any, is God wanting to say anything I will almost just be aware of my body and say God is there any pain that you want to heal and then just feel kind of where it hurts and then, and that can sometimes be vague sometimes like it's vaguely in my leg other times it's very specific like it's it's the left knee and then often what I've started to do now is asking God how did that injury happen so I, a few weeks ago at church I had pain in my left knee I then had an image of someone playing football and I felt God saying there's someone here who's a guy he's got pain in the left knee and it's a football injury and, and again someone came forward um and got healed which is amazing so I, i'd say that's another way like really tune in to, to pains you feel in your body um and again often that's when i'm asking god so i'll often be in a prayer meeting and say god speak to me and then i'll get a pain in my body and i'm thinking that's not just me god's going to do something um how else do i hear from god um so I find there's two main ways. So either God speaks to me directly or I ask him about someone. So often if God speaks to me directly, I'll be somewhere like this and I'll be looking around the room and I'm scanning for someone that stands out. And often there'll be something about the Holy Spirit that, that's on someone and they almost they stand, it's almost like there's a light on them and they stand out. Um, so one thing I've had often is what I call prophetic déjà vu. So I'll look at someone and I'll think, they're not that person, but they look so much like them that I almost have to double take that it's them. And often what I know about that person... So it, it, there'll be, say, someone I know who's... Uh, uh, I was in Bedford a few years ago, and there was a lady who was probably in her 60s or 70s, and she looked really familiar to, really familiar to me, and she reminded me of someone I knew called Frankie. And I, So I, I looked at the lady, and I thought, that's Frankie, and I looked again and I thought, no, it's not, but God wants to speak to me about that person with something I know that's true in Frankie's life. And automatically, the thoughts I had about Frankie were, she's just left her church, and it's upset a lot of people, but God was really in that decision. And I felt that that's what God wanted me to go and share with that lady. And it was a a strange image, because Frankie was maybe in her early 20s, and this lady was in her 70s. And I was thinking, well, she's probably not going to have changed church recently. She's probably not going to have made a controversial decision. She's probably not going to have upset people. But, but I took a risk and shared, and and she had she this lady again started crying and said, I've just changed churches and I'm about to go and plant a church in India, and it's upset a lot of people in my family because I'm going to see my children my grandchildren less. And I came to church tonight to say to God, um, if you're in this, I need you to know it's me. So that's another way I'd hear from God, and that's probably the most recent way I hear from God. So the way I've heard from God's definitely evolved, and what I'd encourage you is that the main way you hear from God now. Uh, might not be your main way in five years time and to be to be aware and open so the first time I had prophetic deja vu was in Toronto about ten years ago and we were ministering to some people there and there was a lady who we were praying for and she just looked so familiar to someone I knew and I just thought I'm going to take a risk with this and um, maybe it's God maybe it's not but I'm just going to see like the person I knew and it was just really odd details so the person that it reminded me of was very good at cooking, was very good at sewing and uh played a certain instrument and I was like do these three things make sense and they did and I thought okay this isn't just me this is God so I think when you learn to hear God in a different way it it feels a bit um it makes you nervous because you're thinking is this me or is this God and the best way is to take a risk so actually if I'd share those words and they didn't make sense I'd be like okay that is just me and then I kind of move on um the, the main question I ask when I prophesy and the one I find myself with is, God, how do you feel about this person? Particularly if I've got if I've got nothing to share for this person, I'll say to God, how do you feel about this? Because I know that God is good and I know that God loves people. So I know that if I ask Uh, got a very specific question like how many brothers have you got, what's their name, what's what's their number, where do they live, it's probably unlikely I'm going to get those details. But if I ask him how do you feel about this person, guaranteed he's going to tell me something about how he he feels about them and how much he loves them. Um, One thing I'd say about interpreting pictures is don't make it too complex. So when I close my eyes and I get a picture, um, often I find is I'm, I try to over-analyse it. I think, well, what do the wheels in the car mean and what does the steering wheel mean and is there a passenger? And actually, God's not really on that. He's not on those kind of details. Often, so what I do is I, I see a picture and I automatically think, what does that mean to me? Because God's speaking to that image for me because he knows I'm going to interpret it a certain way. If you get a picture of a car, you might interpret it a different way and that's why I'll give it to you. But if he's given me a car, it's because he knows how I'm going to interpret that image. So don't, when God gives you an image, don't over-complicate it. Look at it and think... What do I think this means? And generally, the first thing that comes in your head is the correct interpretation. So I think often when we've got into the prophetic groups, one of the main issues I've found is that so they, people will ask God for a word, they'll get a word, and then they'll sit on it for about five minutes because they don't think it's from God. But he's given you the word, and you know the interpretation, but if you overanalyze it, you're going to talk yourself out of it. So I find often if I've got a word, I need to share it quite quickly, otherwise I start doubting it, and I think, Maybe that's me. Maybe I've got it wrong. It, so now I just think, no, I've asked God for a word. He's spoken to me before in the past. So I'm going to trust that he's faithful and then share it. Um, the, the first way I started hearing God is was writing down notes. And for me, that's a really easy way. Often if I'm bored in church, that's what I'll do. Rather than listening, I'll be saying, God, what are you saying to people? And then writing it down. Um, and if I'm on... Uh, or if I'm going to a meeting and I know that someone's there, I'll say, God, if you have got a word for people? Often I post notes in the post. Um, so I find writing down notes is a really way to be creative with a prophetic. Uh, the one negative thing I'd say about writing down notes is that you sometimes don't necessarily get feedback from it. And, and one thing I like to do when I share a prophetic word at the end is to ask the person does that mean anything to you? Because I think often people have given prophetic words wrongly and it kind of feels like we're prophetically vomiting on the person and then just saying well God's spoken to me about you so that, that's got to be right. And and actually we we don't always get it right. We don't always hear from God correctly and we need to give people permission to say do you know what, that didn't make sense. And that's, that's okay. If we've heard wrong that's okay. The worst someone's going to say is no, that doesn't quite make sense. Often in Christian circles they'll say I'll put it on the shelf or something kind like that but it's if you get it wrong like that that's okay and actually I think it's nice to give people that permission to say yeah it did make sense and also for you and for your your confidence in growing in the prophetic to get feedback and to hear um that did make sense and this is why that makes sense and often if you've given someone a prophetic word they want to tell you the story of why that's significant for their life um the main thing i'd say in terms of growing in the prophetic is practice the more you do it um to some extent, it's just the more confident you get. So I find every time I give someone a word, I've still got that doubt in the back of my head of, am I making this up? Is this just me? Is this going to mean anything to that person? But I still give prophetic words because I've got such a history with God where I've got so many stories stored up in my head of, no, God does speak to me, God is good, and God's going to do it again. Um, so I would find the best way to go into the prophetic is to practice, and that's that's something we do here, that's something we encourage here. We have the basic and the advanced prophetic. And I'd really encourage, if you're new to the prophetic, keep practicing. Come here and keep practicing. And and remember the times that you have heard from God. Remember the stories, because they're going to be the things that, that keep encouraging you. Uh, um, so, I think one of the things that often discourages us about prophesying is we often look at people that are either up here at the front or or famous Christian celebrities or people who minister and we look at people like Sean Boltz or Heidi Baker or Bill Johnson or Mark or people that we've heard give very prophetic words or see significant healings and we think that is amazing but I, I couldn't do that like that's for them and when I used to hear Ronnie Moon share those stories that's often what I think I think that is amazing for her But I'm I'm never going to see that. And that is amazing for that person. But but they're special or they're anointed or there's something different about them. Um, And what I realise is that there's not... They're they're all very normal people and they're all very similar to us. Um, But there's a real danger that we look at people and we we write ourselves off because we think they hear from God and I don't. And that's Heidi Baker and she always hears from God and that's Bill Johnson. And actually we write ourselves off. Whereas for me, whenever I hear a testimony... Um, the word testimony means to do again. I think the the Hebrew means to do again. Um, So testimonies are very prophetic. So um, I've often been encouraged that when you hear a healing story, um, so say someone gets healed and they've got pain in their knee, or for example, the story I told earlier, if if you've got carpal tunnel syndrome and you're here tonight, testimony means to do again. So if God's healed someone of carpal tunnel and you've got carpal tunnel, you should be thinking, if if God's healed someone before of that, then maybe he can hear me, heal me over that. So often when I hear an amazing testimony, I almost take that as my story, and I think, well, if God's done it for that person, why, why can't he do it for me? And, um, and that's really encouraged me. So rather than hearing testimonies as, I've done this and you haven't, it's more, I've done this and now it's your turn. Um, and yeah, I, f- I find that often when we have testimony time, you will almost see the same people coming up often again and again, and they'll share stories and and it's amazing, but you're thinking, I've not seen that, and that's not me. And they almost sound arrogant, because it happens so often, and you're thinking, why does that always happen, and why does it never happen to me? Um, when I, w- um, I did a ministry course in Toronto, at the Toronto Airport Church, and um, while I was there, there was a guy called Christian, who um, was Dutch, and he was very Dutch. He had a cravat and spiky hair, and he was very eccentric, and... Very enthusiastic, and that really annoyed me. I think as an English person, like you would he'd have we had like journals, and you had to decorate your journal and do a painting, and you'd be like Christian, that's really good, and he'd be like, it's awesome, it's amazing, I love my journal. I was like, it's not that good, it's it's okay. Um, And anyway, he would share stories all the time of stuff that he'd seen God do, and he he'd had gold dust appear on his hands, and he'd seen healings, and he heard from God regularly. And I was just thinking, you're making this up. Like, like, he had so many stories. And I was thinking, I just want to want to get to know you as a person. I'm, I'm sick of hearing these stories. And But he'd share again and again and again. And I was thinking, he's probably just making it up. And anyway, we, um, they had this really good thing at Toronto where they had the first month you didn't minister, you were there to be ministered to. And I think that's really healthy. And then after the first month, you would you then pray for people in the youth group or the homeless outreach. Um, and I remember watching Christian. I remember... He saw more healings than anyone. And I was thinking, those weren't just stories. And we'd have uh, fire tunnels where people would come down the line and we'd pray for them. And whenever they got to Christian, they fell over. And I was thinking, like, there's something about, about him and that God's on him and there's something different. Um, And I was thinking, what is it? And I realized that he he genuinely believed that God was good, and he took risks because of that. And because of that, he saw more miracles than anyone. So I remember whenever he used to pray for someone, he'd always look up and he'd say, I've got an open heaven. God is going to be good to me, and God is going to do things through me. And I was thinking, oh, that sounded so arrogant. But then I realized, actually, he's got... And when he was like, my painting's awesome, I was thinking, he's arrogant. But then I was actually, he's got a really healthy perspective of who he is. He knows he's loved by God. He knows he's awesome. He knows what God thinks of him. He knows God's good, and he knows because of that, God's going to use him. So actually, I found that he wasn't arrogant. He just had a, a heavenly perspective of who he was and how God was going to use him. So I found meeting Christian very challenging because it made me realize maybe God wants to do more through me. And maybe if I believe God was as good as Christian, believed God was, that, that I'd see that. Um, and, and that's what happened. I, um, I went back, so I went to, so I got all those pictures, wrote them all down for the list of the 20. I went to university and I, I I think I worked out that I got about three words every day for about three years. And like God was just speaking and I I was just loving it. Like I was just enjoying it so much, having God speak to me and, and sharing words. Um, I then went off to Toronto and, and saw God do another you know, awesome stuff. Um, I then came back to Sheffield and did a two-year master's. Um, and while I was there I was friends with a guy called Ben and Luke and they, I don't know if you remember the Florida outpouring with Todd Bentley they went to that and I really regret not going because they came back with amazing stories um, they went to a restaurant and Ben just started feeling God's presence and then he people would come in front of him and he'd grab their hand and he would just, almost like a movie see things about their life and he'd prophesy what jobs they did what God was about to do and I loved being around Ben and Luke because they, they saw miracles, they saw healings, they saw um, kind of supernatural stuff. And I was thinking, these guys are awesome. I'm going to hang out with them and I'm going to see stuff. And I did. And then I went back to London and Ben and Luke stayed in Sheffield. And I thought, oh, like nothing is going to happen in London because Ben and Luke aren't here. And, and it, for me, I was really frustrated. And then God said to me, stuff's going to happen in London, Dan, because you're here. And, and similar to the, the meeting Christian, it really changed my perspective of who I was and, and, and not looking people on the stage and saying, well, they're going to see stuff. God was saying, actually, I want to do stuff through you. Um, so I did, and then I started stepping out, and um, what did I see? So I saw, uh, one of the first miracles I saw was uh, a lady walking down my road who had crutches on, and um, I was very nervous, but I went up to her and said, can I pray for you? You've got crutches. What happened? And she explained that she had pain in her leg, and explained, you know, from a naught to a ten where that pain was. Um, and then I prayed, and then the pain went, and she didn't need a crutch, and she started walking and kind of jogging, and I was like, I don't get what's happened, but the pain's gone. And I think I was more surprised that she got healed than she was, and I needed more convincing. I was like, Are you sure? Are you sure? And she did, and. um and that was amazing. That was one of the first times I stepped out. I didn't know what was gonna happen, but I knew that God was saying He was with me. And I was thinking, well, oh, if you've done it for other people, you know, maybe I'm gonna maybe I'll have a try. Um, another one of the first miracles I saw was uh, for well, yeah, I, I just bought Bill Johnson's book When Heaven Invades Earth, which is an amazing book. And um, I was about to start reading it and I sat next to someone I knew on the train, so I didn't start it, and then I bumped into uh, a homeless guy. Stopped me in Liverpool Street, and I, I love Liverpool Street because I can show you the exact place it happened. And for me, that's a real like a marker of God did something, and and He's real, and, and He's using me. Um, and this guy came up, and he had um, I put some money in his hands, and I noticed they were really raw, and they had like scabs on them. And I said, Can I pray? F- can I pray for you? And I'm, in my mind, I was thinking, oh, I've not read the book, like I don't know, I don't know what to do. But I was also thinking, like there can't be any secrets really, like the like you just pray for them and either god heals them or he doesn't so i was like well i'm just gonna have a go and ironically i think that is healing you you just pray for them there's no secret formulas as you just pray um so i prayed for him and he started looking at me and he he just looked really puzzled and then he started scratching his hand and he's like what what did you do and i was like you know when you're thinking is this gonna go bad or or well and and he was like all the pain's gone. I don't go, don't get what you did. So I was like, uh, Jesus loves you, and he was like, Yeah, I know the pain's gone. And then he just ran off, and he was like, I haven't washed my hands for two weeks. I'm going to wash my hands. And he just ran off, and again, I was more surprised that he got healed than he was. He was, I was more baffled. I was like, Really? Like, you should, does this work? And and he did. And so so after God spoke to me about you don't need Ben and Luke, I, I you know I love you on here. I was I, I just stepped out. I started seeing things like that. Um, uh, occasionally on, on the tube, I'd look around and I'd say to God, "Can you speak to me about someone on the tube?" And uh, it was when I lived in Southfields, and He gave me a word for a lady, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something. It was something that she just had her heart broken, and there was a particular image, and um, and it was something about God healing her, and particularly about how she was feeling at that moment and something significant that had happened to her. And I remember making a deal with God because I I was asking God for a word. But then when I got one, I was instantly regretting it because I was thinking, now I have to go and share this word with people. So I was making a deal with God of, okay, if she if she gets off at the same stop as me, then I'll share it. But if she doesn't, then then I won't. And I was kind of praying that she didn't get off at Southfields, um, but she did, and and I went up and was like, uh, you know, I, I sometimes hear from God, I just got this image. Does this mean anything to you? And um, I've often got very odd reactions when I've when I've shared words and um and she was overwhelmed she said i don't know how you re- how you know that about me but that's exactly what i re- what i've written in my in my diary or my journal last night but i don't know how you know that be like so often i found that almost god will speak to you so specifically about someone that it's it's almost scary or overwhelming for them um but for me that was really encouraging because i i had no idea and i was trying to get myself out of sharing this word and 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 it, it meant something to her and it was very significant to her um I have also um, done a bit of, of treasure hunting I don't know if you've heard of that so that's where um, to me that's the easiest way of um, stepping out in the prophetic so uh, what we do what I do there is I um, I make a, a treasure map and i I almost do like a a chart or a tally and I say God would you give me the name of a person would you give me a description of what they're wearing and would you give me um, a, a message or something that you want to say to them so I might get something like uh, Paul, he's wearing a purple jumper and uh, black trousers and he's got pain in his left ankle or uh, he needs to know I love him or, or something like a prophetic word um, so I've done that a few times and I've done it um, in like unusual dark places so I went to like a new age kind of occult bookstore and did a treasure, um, a treasure map there and we um, had, uh, I had a lady that matched the description. I went up to her and I gave her these words, and they were very and they, they meant something to her. And um, I think I had something like lower back pain, and she just had that, but it didn't happen anymore. So I was a bit frustrated with that. But anyway, I, I shared that with her, and then I walked past her friend, and I had the word witch and back pain, which normally I'd feel very nervous about because I think telling someone they're a witch is is not it's not good but um but i knew i was in a spiritual bookstore so i knew there was a chance potentially she was she was involved in, in the occult and I, I said to her you're a witch aren't you and you've got pain in your back um, and she was like i don't know how you know that but yes and it was incredible we were in this new age bookstore surrounded by books about the uh, about dark arts about uh tarot there was some a guy doing tarot cards there there was crystals there and then i prayed for her and the presence of god came instantly she felt a heat down her back um, all the pain left, and and she was friends with the person I just prophesied over. So the person came over, and was like, he hears from God. Like you need to, you need to, listen. And like she felt God's presence. She got totally healed of the back pain, and encountered God in the middle of the spiritualist soul. Um, so how do you do that? That's what I want to come on to. Um, so I've, I what I've noticed is there's almost like a cycle when stepping out. Of you hear stories. So you're hearing these stories, and you're either thinking that's not for me, or you're thinking, I want that. And that's what, what I had with Ronnie Moon. She gave me a hunger of, I want that. Like, there's there's more to life. God's got more for me. So I hope in sharing some of these stories, and, and they're quite basic stories, gives you a hunger of God's got more to share through me. Um, so almost a cycle is you hear stories, you then think, I'm going to have a go. And you step out. Um, and then normally what I find is is when you step out and you take a risk, that's when God meets you. So John Wimber often says that faith is spelled R-I-S-K. And... Um, that it's in that risk when you step out and you think, I'm going to look really stupid if you don't come here, God, that he speaks to you and and he he manifests his goodness. So you you hear stories, you step out, you take a risk, and then you see God move. And normally I find once you've seen God move once, it's addictive. So once I've prayed for someone who's got crutches, I want to go find someone else to pray for. Um, Once I've given someone a prophetic word and they're like, it makes sense, you want to give another prophetic word? So I find that that's a cycle of, um, you you hear stories, you then step out yourself you then have your own stories and then you step out again and it creates this really nice circle of you stepping out but the the reverse is true as well if you don't step out you kind of have no stories and you think well oh, god's not going to use me so then you think well i won't try and then you don't try so then you don't have any stories and it's almost like a negative cycle as well so often i find that that cycle is quite hard to break um, and i have that as well i find that i don't prophesy i don't step out and then i think oh god's not going to use me or that was for that year or that season which isn't true like i think god always wants to move so what i find is if if i haven't seen god do anything then i encourage myself by other people's stories so i watch uh, youtube videos and i read books and i think oh wow that's possible and if it's possible for them it's possible for me um so i really enjoyed watching i don't know if you've seen it the 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 films The Finger of God, there's a trilogy, three films, and I find each time I watch one of those films, I see someone, um, like for example, being prayed for by crutches, and I think, oh, wow, like, God can do that. Or I saw someone um, being prayed for who had depression, and they started laughing and smiling, and I was like, oh, I didn't realize that God could heal emotional issues and, and mental health issues, that's amazing. Like, and then I prayed for someone who had um, bipolar, and I put my hand on his chest, and he said he felt like this darkness leaving him. And then from that moment on, he had no more sadness and no more up and down. So I find hearing stories is amazing because you think, well, if God's done that for someone else, then maybe he can do that for me. Um, so I wanted to share with you some books, which I find really encouraging. Um, first one is uh, Do What Jesus Did by Robbie Dawkins. Uh, the next one is The Ultimate Treasure Hunt by Kevin Dim. I don't know how you say his name. Um, He talks a lot about treasure hunting and that's really encouraging. So I love reading books. But my favourite kind of books are ones with stories in it because I think if God's done that for someone before, he can do it again. Uh, Jesus Culture by Banning Liepsteiger, I think. That's amazing. That has lots of stories in it. Uh, God's Generals. That's quite an old book, but it's amazing and it talks a lot about Smith Wigglesworth, um, uh, William Seymour, catherine coleman and the stories in there are incredible that's also encouraging this is probably my favorite of all one this is called supernatural by a guy called tyler johnson and what i like about him is he's not famous he's not well known and he's an ordinary person and he basically most of his stories are from walmart so our version of sainsbury's or tesco's and he will just share story after story of him going into walmart and all of his stories are amazing but some are some aren't that significant. Some are. I gave a word, and and it, the person was grateful. And then you have others where there was one where he prayed for some. Someone had a tattoo, and he had like a prophetic word about it. And then they turned out to be a witch, and then they got healed. And then their daughter got healed. And then they got them on the. They gave them the mic, and then five people came forward and they got healed. So some of his stories you're just like, oh that's okay. And then the next one you're like, that is amazing. And the next one's okay. And then the next one's amazing. And what I loved about that is. That's kind of what the prophetic is. You don't know how significant it's going to be until you take a risk. And and some of them aren't that amazing, but he just literally just shares the stories he's seen. Um, And that's really encouraging. Um, I'm going to read off a bit of a long list so bear with me but this is what I watch on YouTube um, so if I haven't seen God do something I watch these videos and I think ah oh, he's still doing stuff and he's He's still amazing um, I'll leave this here so if you don't if you want to write these down later then just take a photo um, so there's one called Bay of the Holy if you write this into YouTube this is literally the videos you'll get up so it's called Bay of the Holy Spirit Revival Episode 5 uh, it's a revival that happened a few years ago and it's just basically loads of people coming up on stage and being healed and it's amazing and um, The next one is Bill Johnson, being aware of his presence. Uh, Another one, Bill Johnson, heal the sick, cast out devils, cleanse the leper. Uh, Bill Johnson, Life of Miracles. Uh, Another one called Bill Johnson, you already have an open heaven. Those last four are more theological ones about stepping out, but they're very good. Um, And then I'm a big fan of Todd White, who steps out a lot. So one of the main ways I learned to step out was watching YouTube videos and seeing other people step out and thinking, I'm going to do that. So one of the reasons I started going to a cult and quite dark places is because I watched videos of other people doing that and I thought, oh, I didn't realise that God would do stuff in dark places. Um, So there's one called uh, God and Rental Cars with Todd White where he goes to pick up a rental car and he gets a word of knowledge for someone and they get healed and then the next person gets healed. Uh, There's one called, it's it's a bit cheesy, but it's called The God Squad Part 1 and The God Squad Part 2 and they're just praying for people on the street and I watched and I thought, wow, if you can do that through them, you can do it through me. Um, There's one called Healing Revival Breakout at Disneyland. That is incredible. So two students from Bethel go, and they basically pray for about eight teenagers. Almost all of them feel God's presence. Uh, I think most of them give their life to Jesus, and most of them, about two or three of them, get significantly healed. They also teach the, the people that have just got healed and saved how to pray for other people. So if I haven't seen God do something, then I think he's doing something somewhere out there, let me find it and let me watch it and let me learn from it. So um, I'd really encourage you to watch those videos. I read them very fast and there's more here, so do come up and take a photo or whatever. Um, The other thing I'd say is go out with a friend when you do this kind of stuff. Um, Not because it's scary or dangerous, but because it's more fun having a friend with you. I find also, if you're by yourself, you will talk yourself out of most things. So you'll say, ah, I'll pray for the next person, I'll pray for the next person. Whereas if I'm, I normally go with my friend, Rob Logan, who plays the piano here sometimes. And if I go with him and I say, I'm going to pray for someone with crutches and someone walks past the crutches, I know that if I've told him that, I'm more likely to do it. Um, also, it's fun if you're there with a friend, you have someone to celebrate with and be like, did you see that happen? That's amazing. And, um, also, friends hold you to account, and they see the best in you and call it out. So often, I've been with Rob, and we'll be talking to someone, and he'll say to them, Dan's really prophetic. He's going to give you a prophetic word. And I'm thinking, oh, no, 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 that's not how this works, and I've I've got nothing for that. But he he knows who I am, and he, he knows my character, and he knows who God's called that to be. Um, and then I'll be like, I've got nothing, but then God will speak, and, and he'll give something. So I find going with friends really encouraging, because they'll they'll call you out to be who you are. So if you said you're going to pray for the sick and someone walks past, they'll say... All right, let's, let's do it. And that's really encouraging. Um, my friend Mikey, who's not a Christian, he, he knows a lot of the stories I've told him. And I was with someone once, and they had back pain. And he said, Dan's going to pray for you because he sees healings, and, and you'll get healed. And I was thinking, I have no faith right now for this person to get healed. You don't even believe in God, and you've got more faith than, than I do. And he he set me up, so then I kind of had to pray for this person. And she had one leg shorter than the other, um, and we prayed and her leg grew out and she felt it grow out and um, and then all the pain in her back went and she got healed and I was thinking that isn't going to happen but but Mikey had more faith than I did because he'd been around me enough to know that, that God's real and God exists and God does stuff so often going with a friend is, is good um, so yeah and I would also say surround yourself with people that are stepping out more than you And and whenever you hear their stories, think, ask questions, think, what was going through your head and how can God do that through me? Um, I'm running out of time, so I'm going to whiz through the next points. Um, So I find often I'm just going to talk about things that either I believe or lies that we hear. So I'd say often before I'm going to step out, the main thing I'm thinking is God is good and he's going to come through. If I can hold on to that, then I'm more likely to take a risk and I'm more likely to see God do something. Um, so I generally think before I take a risk I'm thinking God's good he's going he's gonna to do something because he's good it's not about me I also think God loves people so much that he wants to bless them so often I've gone to places and particularly the occult places and someone's got healed and they're like I don't believe in God but I've just got healed but I don't believe in God and I'm like man God loves that person enough that he's willing to heal them or bless them even if there's no acknowledgement that that he's the one that's done that so often remember that god almost god wants to encounter people more than we want him to like he's waiting for us um i also remember this quote that says god gives us opportunities not obligations so actually when i go out to see something i'm not thinking i have to god's going to be angry if i don't i'm thinking actually this could be fun and actually when i think about stepping out and taking risks it's scary but then it's fun and i think god I'm going to do this because it's fun. Not because I have to, not because God's going to be angry, but because I'm going to have some fun. Seeing people healed is fun. Having people encounter God or hear God speak to them is fun. So God doesn't give us opportunities. Uh, sorry, God gives us opportunities, not obligations. And also I think often, um, say for example, that lady on the tube, I think if I hadn't given her that word, someone else would have. God would have used someone else. And actually, the, the main, if I didn't give that word, I would be the one that loses out, not her. So I remember there was a story with Heidi Baker. So she um, is a missionary in Mozambique, and I remember she told a story about where she had a conversation with God, and she said, um, "You know, so thank you so much for calling me into this work." And God said, "I didn't call you. You were the third person I asked, and the first two said no." And I think for her that was a really humbling moment, and that's why I often think like it's not about me, and there's no pressure on me. And actually, if I don't step out, someone else will. So I remember going once. We did a treasure hunt, me and Rob, in this spiritualist bookstore. And Rob had on his list um, a lady with blonde hair and a red jacket with pain in her back. And this lady walks in and she's got blonde hair and she's got a red jacket. And I was like, Rob, that's, that is her. And he's like, no, 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 it's not, it's definitely not. And I was like, it, look at your list, look at that lady, that's definitely her. And one of the things I say that's really good about treasure hunts is it takes the pressure off. So actually, you're not looking and saying, God, who do you want me to speak to? You're looking for a blonde lady with a red coat. So it's almost kind of, it's fun because it doesn't, it doesn't feel scary. And, and then when you find her, you know exactly what you're going to say. You're not saying like, so often if I'm in a meeting and someone says, can you give me a word? I'm thinking, I've got nothing and you're a bit nervous. But if you do a treasure hunt, you kind of, you know what you're going to say already. And then you're not looking for who God highlights. You're looking for the person he's highlighted already. So anyway, this, this lady walks in and he's like, that's not her. And he's like, I'm like, okay, well, if you don't pray for her, I'm going to. Because I, I, I know that she's going to get healed because she's on your list. So I kind of stole Rob's word and took it as my own and I said, um, God spoke to my friend and he says that you got, God said you got pain in your back and she did and she got healed and I was thinking for Rob, I was like, yes, but I was thinking actually that, that was, that was Rob's word and, but God was going to heal her anyway but it was just about whether Rob did it or I did it and I was like, well, I want to see that so I'm going to, I'm going to do that. Um, So, yeah, often I've done that in meetings that I'll ask my friend, what's God saying? And if they don't share it, then I will. Because I'm like, amazing, God's spoken and he he wants to use that and he wants to share that. Um. Yeah, another thought is, if they don't become a Christian, then I failed. So often I see when I give prophetic... So I give prophetic words often to Christians, but I do it often on the street as well. And um, I see it as planting seed. So I trust that God waters that. So all I know is that God's given me a word and it's just my... Uh, my pleasure to share that. Actually, what they do with the word or what God does is is up to them. Um, Another thing I often think is maybe I'm not righteous enough. Um, And Rob's often said that, so I'll meet up and he's like, I'm just not feeling it today, I'm not righteous, I'm not holy enough, which I think is a really dumb lie and a really Christian lie that we often believe. But the fact is it's not about your righteousness or holiness, it's about God's. And we're relying on that, not ourselves. So even if you're not feeling particularly holy or spiritual... You're not relying on your spirituality. You're not relying on your holiness. You're relying on God. So almost just don't allow that thought to come into your head. Um, one lie that I often have is nothing's going to happen, or you haven't seen anything happen for a while, so nothing's going to happen. So I remember I went to uh, similar to the I went to a, a thing called a spiritualist church, which is a, which is a bit weird, and it's where people kind of get words for like from, from dead relatives about people, and it's, it's all a bit weird. But they have one called an open circle which meant that, that anyone could go and share words. And I basically read that and thought, cool, that's an open invitation for me to come and prophesy over people. Um, and I remember going there thinking, I haven't seen God do anything for about six months to a year. Like, nothing's going to happen. Like I've, Nothing's going to happen. Like God's not going to come through. And I remember being like, no, because I'm not trusting myself or my history. I'm trusting that God's good and he's going to do something. So I went being like, okay, God, I'm trusting you're good. And I remember we I went and my, me and my friend, we shared a few words and and um, we said, Oh, can we pray for you? And the, the leader kind of shut us down a bit. And I was thinking, ah, oh, like nothing happened. And they had like these tarot cards things. And they asked if we would have a go. And I was like, Oh, no, no, no. I don't really want to do that. And the leader was like, Well, why are you here then? And I was thinking, Oh, no. So, so nothing had really, we shared a few words, but no one had really responded. So I was thinking, Oh, I told you, God, nothing's going nothing's to happen. And then at the end, I was looking at the floor and I saw a line of people in front of me. And I was thinking, Oh, it's the leader. She's going to tell me off. And then it was about four or five, maybe six people that had resonated with the words for healing that we'd given, and each one of them got healed. I think I've had a few times where every single person I prayed for got healed, and like they felt God's presence in a dramatic way. So often i pray for someone and they're like, "Oh, I feel a bit, a bit hot." Like their hands, they were like, "It's on fire." Like I feel an overwhelming sense of peace. And I was like, oh, I was expecting nothing to happen, but but everyone got healed because God's good." Like I doesn't it didn't matter that I hadn't seen anything for a while because it wasn't about me it was about God and God's goodness. Um, I've jumped around a bit all over the place. Oh also you'll often feel like I don't feel him so sometimes I feel really full um, full of his presence and really confident and other times I won't and that doesn't necessarily relate to how many miracles I see or what God says to me. So even if you don't feel him he's still good he's still there. Uh, So I've kind of jumped around a lot with the stories. The the main way I've learned is to step out, is to take safe steps in places I feel comfortable. So before I did a treasure hunt in a spiritualist shop or in Trafalgar Square, I did it in a church and I got a list and I thought, okay, let's see if this works. Let's see if God speaks to me. And I did it in a church and then I did it here and then I did it on the street, and then I did it in a cold place. So I took very baby steps where I took a risk in a safe space, and I'd really encourage you to do that. So whenever I've taken a risk on the streets, I've practiced in the church before. So um, when God speaks to you, get confident here that you hear from God and then take a risk outside. I'm not saying you've never heard from God, go straight out to the streets. Take risks in safe spaces, and actually churches are very safe spaces to practice the prophetic. Um some things I'd say in terms of to be careful not to do. Um, So when you give words, don't be weird. That's the main lesson I've learned. So I've I've learned often when I was going to someone on the streets, I'd go and I'd say, this is going to sound really weird, but God's spoken to me. And I realized as soon as I said the word weird, they took a physical step back because they thought, who the hell are you and what are you going to say? So I'd say, don't make it weird and try not to use the words weird, random or strange. So normally what I say to someone is, um, I do it in two ways. I either just, I either jump out and I say, um, I sometimes hear from God and I felt he gave me a word for you. Or I say, I'm just practicing hearing God's voice, do you mind if I have a go? So I make it really safe and really comfortable and then I share the word and I just say, does that make any sense? Often, occasionally if I have a word of knowledge, I'll just say something like... Um, do you, do you have pain in your back by any chance? And then if they said no, I'll be like, oh, okay, and I'll just kind of walk away. And often they'll say, why do you ask? And I'll be like, oh, sometimes I hear from God. I must have got it wrong, but I was just, just practicing. And then they're, they're curious, and they want to ask, and they want to ask questions. And also that's a really safe way, because if they say no, because I think often we feel like we're going to embarrass God. We're like, if I get this wrong, God's going to look stupid and he's going to be angry at me. And actually just say, like, to me, that's a really safe way to step out. So I found, like, don't big yourself up. Don't say, I've got an amazing word from God. Like, kind of be kind of humble and say, I'm just practicing, or does this make sense? And then actually, if you've got it wrong, you've got it wrong, and that's okay. So I found, in terms of stepping out and taking risks, particularly in non-Christian places, I found the worst that can happen is either say, That doesn't make sense, or no, that doesn't—that's not right. Like that's normally the worst that can happen. If you're weird, it's probably gonna be more embarrassing. But if you're normal and you have a word and it's not right, the worst they'll say is no. Like God's not gonna be embarrassed. Like you don't owe God a debt. Like it's okay to if you get it wrong. Um, So I just wanted to finish by uh, encouraging and challenging you to take more risks and to take more steps. Like that is the, the main ways you grow in the prophetic are you take, you practice and then you take risks. You step out in an environment you're not comfortable with. Um, so the the ones I wanted to challenge you with is when you come here or you come to church, um, ask God for words and say, God, I want you to speak to me about someone here. And try to get ask for a word for someone you don't know. Say, that person over there, I want you to give me a word for them. And then ask God and then go and share that, that word with that person. Um, or uh when you go somewhere, go with a treasure hunt list, like make a list. Come before you come tonight, say, God, who, who do you want to speak to? What are they going to look like and what are you going to say? So when you walk in, you're you're not waiting for someone else to prophesy, you're taking an active responsibility for yourself. Um if you've not tried it before, try words of knowledge. So often we have a time for people to share words and ask God, say, you know, feel your body and say, Is there a pain here tonight that you want to heal? Um Yeah, so what I've done recently is if I haven't seen something happen for a while, whenever I go to church, I say, God, would you give me a word for someone at church tonight? So I'm almost trying to push myself and challenge myself in a safe environment. And I know that when I've seen that happen once or twice in church, I'm more confident to see it out on the streets. Um, So, for example, a few weeks ago, I got a word. um, There was a girl there, and I felt God say she'd just moved to London. This is what's on her heart. This is what's going on in her life. And really bizarrely, God said to me, when you share the word with her, she's expecting it. Like, she, I told her I'm going to give her a word. And I was like, okay. So I, I went up to her and I shared this word. And she said, I want to, like, she took me to the side. And I was like, oh, no, I've got it wrong. Like, what's going on here? And she said, God told me he was going to give me a word. Like, thank you for being brave enough to come up. And, like, I had no idea if that word would be significant or not. But, like, I just found out crazy. Like, God had spoken to me and to her and to her that he was going to speak to me. I was like, that blew my mind. But that's what I've been trying to do, is every time I go to church or hear, saying, God, speak to me about one person. So two things I want to say, and I'll finish with that, is practice and take risks, and that is how you'll grow in the prophetic.